You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hello and welcome to episode 60 of the Manage Mental Podcast, a weekly discussion on hot topics in the music biz for the up-and-comers, the brand newbies, the beginners, and aspiring rock stars of tomorrow. This podcast is propelled by your input and feedback, so please rate and review and leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show. I am your host, Mr. Blasco, and as always, I am joined by my good friend, the co-host from the other coast, Mr. Mike Mowry. What is the word, Thunderbird? Number sixty, <laughs> dog. Feels We're good. Cruising. We are. That is the truth. Yeah, all's well over here. We're recording this uh, baby on a Friday, and it has been a whirlwind of a week. I'm sure it's the same for you, but uh, I'm excited. You, you you picked a good one here. Nice. In the last episode, we chatted about our input on getting started as a manager. That was a really great episode, so check it out if you haven't already. Today's episode is sponsored by our buddies at rockabilia.com. Go check them out for the awesomest collection of officially licensed band merch on the planet. Use our code PCJabberJaw and get 15% off your entire order. Tell them Mike and Blasco sent you over 500 thousand items to choose from it really is kind of amazing and you know what i love about them is they are interested in supporting artists and people like us podcast hosts so uh if you're looking to buy merch rockabilia.com is your spot pc jabberjaw 15 percent off today's episode is also sponsored by the cool kids over at bandzoogle.com where you can build a stunning website for your music in minutes. Try it free for 30 days and be sure to use the promo code MENTAL to get 15% off the first year of your subscription. And sticking with the theme of artists and supporting artists, you know, we interviewed Dave Cool from Banzoogle in episode 55. So if you haven't checked that out, please go do so. But Banzoogle was founded by an artist, and most of the people who work there are artists. You know, they saw a need for supporting and developing artist websites. So it's a cool platform, a lot of integration with the other, you know, technologies like Bandcamp and uh, Big Cartel. So, uh, yeah, that's why it's got our endorsement, and we love that they're supporting us and giving us a code. And as Blasco said, that code is mental for 15% off. 
This week, we talk about how to get your ass off the couch, get motivated, stop procrastinating, and just get started. This is going to be killer, so let's get mental. So, Mike, uh, I wanted to start this podcast where the last one left off. Uh, I'm not sure how many people have the time to get to the end of every episode, but I was thinking if you didn't get to the end of episode 59, you missed out on some pretty rad shit. So here we are at episode 60, over a year after episode one. On that episode one, we had no listeners, no comments on iTunes, no one writing us asking questions or sending messages of support. We had no sponsors and no guests. No one knew what this podcast was going to be all about, nor did any of our listeners know that they should be listening to us. Over the course of the last 60 episodes, we have delivered concise information, input, strategies, and opinions about the music business for 30 minutes one day a week, consistently. I feel like what we have done with this show is a good example of how you should treat your band business. Just dive in. Just get started. Don't worry about not having songs or fans or gigs or social media followers. Stop overthinking it and just commit. My Lord, you could not have said this better. I mean, this is what I preach and what I live by. I mean, if you've listened to this podcast enough, you know that I, I say great content done consistently over time. And if your content isn't great, that's okay. Just make sure that it's good enough. It really is about having content, doing it consistently, and then, like we've seen, let time do its thing. In our case, we're fortunate enough that it's been a year and now we're getting that traction. But hey, maybe it was going to be two years. Maybe we got lucky and it would have only been two weeks. That's the part that we can't control. But you and I did say to one another, you know, you were exploring other options of what you were going to do in the podcast space. I kept talking about how I wanted to start a podcast, blah, blah, blah. And we just said to each other, well, screw it. Why don't we do it together? And just like that, we got started. We did some demos, everybody. Not a ton, but we figured out our format. And once we got it to a spot that we felt was good enough, because that first episode probably wasn't great if we go back and listen to it, we went forward. And so here we are, still at it, still having a great time benefiting from it in terms of the feedback we're getting, the reputations that you know we are continuing to establish for ourselves, and thankfully, starting to get some sponsorship dollars. So, dude, this is awesome. Hey, so people, Seth Godin is a, a person that you may or may not have heard of. However, uh, Mike and I are huge fans. He is a master marketer and a very successful author in the marketing space. Uh, I won't dig too into it, but uh, we will post a link to his website in the show notes if you're interested to uh, know more about him. Uh, in reference to a previous episode about mentors, Seth would definitely be one of mine in a, in a passive way, of course, because I don't know the guy. 
but I absorb his books, his blog, and now his podcast. Mikey has a brand new podcast he just started called Akimbo. It's only about uh, four episodes deep, but wow. I'm Um, I'm pulling it up on my phone as we speak. (laughs) (laughs) So today's episode is inspired by one of his episodes and directly relates to what we are talking about to all of you every week. Internally, there's a, a, a constant pressure to not begin, to not take risks. There is a false narrative that if it's not a grand slam out of the gate, then it's a failure. Mike, was your management company successful before you had clients? Were your clients successful before they played their first show? Not at all. I mean, you again, you make a great point, and I will, I will just back you up on how inspirational Seth is what I love is I'm subscribed to you know his newsletter and and it it comes in it's one of the very first emails that I see you know because it comes in typically before I wake up and it's always got just some fantastic nugget and insight and again he's not in the music business but he's got knowledge and he's got perspective and I take a lot of that, as I'm sure you do, and apply it to what we're doing in the music business. And to talk about success with uh, where I was managerially and where many of my bands were before they played their first show, you know, I think that speaks for itself. No, I had to start somewhere. And, you know, uh, just by me continuing to do it, by those artists continuing to do it, we're now in the place that we are. So, yeah. And look, for those of you taking notes, I'm going to make this episode really super simple and concise. My first takeaway from this episode is just get started. Yeah, I mean, Um, and and I understand why people don't start things, right? There's a fear of failure. There's a fear of not knowing or thinking that you're the expert. There's a fear of, you know, maybe you're wasting your time. Like, believe me, we've all gone through it you know i i've gone through it with uh, i mean hell even going back to the podcast i mean i wanted to start a podcast for a year prior to when you and i finally did it and so i understand why people don't start but i think what you know what we're going to tell them is you got to get past that you got to just get started and once you get that momentum rolling uh you know, it's like kinetic energy, something that's that that's that is in motion stays in motion. Yep. Another topic that we have talked about here is Kickstarter or crowdfunding. The false narrative here is that anyone can run a successful campaign. Just launch your campaign and the money will roll in. The project will get funded. This is not where you start. If we're talking about just getting started, do not start it at a crowdfund. This is where you begin when you already have a following. Do not think of crowdfunding as a shortcut because it is not. You know, it's kind of funny because I think I did one or two successful crowdfunds and then had an artist who wanted to do their first EP. And we we talked about options and, you know, I felt like, wow, I'm having some success with crowdfunding. Why don't we look at that as an option? And even though we set our goal to be, you know, 
relatively small. I think it was 2500 bucks. We found out very quickly that Seth is right. That is not where you start. Nobody was wanting to contribute to that. We had no proven track record. You know, we just, we had nothing that people could or should want to support, you know, from that start. Thankfully, you know, they mobilized and got their friends and families and everybody, you know, that they could uh, to to contribute. And it ultimately was a success. But in hindsight, that was absolutely the wrong move. Yep. Look, my, my takeaway from this takeaway number two is avoid shortcuts. I know sometimes that, you know, it could, it could be appealing and you're like, oh, I'm going to save some time. Avoid them. Don't do it. Um, but then the question is, okay, you're saying don't start off with with the with the Kickstarter, um, with the crowdfund, because I need fans first. Well, how how do I get that? It's easy for you to say that you need fans first, but you know how do we do that? So a topic that I believe we have referenced, but not specifically dived into before, is Kevin Kelly's hypothesis of quote unquote one thousand true fans. And if you don't know what this is. Google 1,000 true fans. It's a very in-depth thing, but you should check it out if you don't know about it. The theory here is that careers can be built and sustained with 1,000 truly engaged and committed fans. When you think of the amount of people in the world, 1,000 of them does not seem that daunting. Slow and steady is the strategy here. Yeah, I mean, you know, Technology and, uh, you know, so many tools that are utilized to engage with, you know, fans have allowed for for that number to be what it is, you know, and I think the fallacy and, you know, and the fallacy that a lot of people run into is it's got to be huge. It's got to be massive. You know, unless we've got 50,000 fans, we're not successful. But I have watched and a few other people that I follow who, you know, teach about ways to, you know, engage those committed fans and serve them so they will sustain your career. You know, it is possible, you know, to if that's what you end up doing, you end up really engaging them and and really giving them a value. And so it is counterintuitive because you know, you would think that it bigger is better, but if you've got, you know, a 50,000 Facebook, you know, people who like you on Facebook, but only a very small percentage of them are willing to, you know, support you financially, then, you know, it, it actually is better to have a smaller fan base who are all willing to, to support you in that capacity. Look, if, if your goal is a Rolls Royce and a you know a mansion in in Beverly Hills, if the, if that's your goal, then music probably isn't the smartest thing to be doing to get you across that finish line, right? Like, um, however, if if you're looking to make music and make art as a living, but not work at McDonald's, um, this is. This is a this is a real thing. Like you can fo- you can focus on attaining a thousand fans that are committed to your art 
and it's it's you know it's a hypothesis but i believe that it's it's relatively proven in a lot of ways that that you can make a living you know not the rolls royce mansion living but better than you know flipping burgers or painting houses man you know yeah you know i think it's there yeah and i I think you know in, in the stuff that i've listened to and researched in that space you know it's about bringing those fans and and allowing them to understand the the path and the process that you're on so they want to contribute and they want to support you they value what you're creating and and therefore if you keep them apprised of you know all the things that you're doing and again you know you you've got to find the ways to make that relationship valuable for them it is. I mean, again, it just it it's so funny because even as I'm talking about it now, I'm I'm still like, wow, it is crazy that it only would take a thousand true fans to to support, you know, an artist because because you and I probably intuitively would think it's got to be a much 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 larger number. Yep. Um, and my third takeaway from this episode is don't take fans for granted. So to continue on this theme of how do I get fans, a new theory to me that Seth touches on is called the first 10. The idea is that everyone knows 10 people. Share your song, your album, a band photo, t-shirt art, or whatever to 10 people. If they share it with more people, then it will spread. If it doesn't, Try a new set of 10 people. If it continues to not spread, then you are not ready. You need to go back to the drawing board. Rethink what you are trying to do and who you are trying to appeal to. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it here, you know, a number of times. It's like, ultimately, the public is is who gets to decide whether or not what you're creating, you know, connects with them and is something that they want to support and sustain you know financially whether that's buying tickets or streaming it you know or or buying a t-shirt and i love this idea and and really do try to encourage you know all of the artists that we work with in advance of you know releasing something whether it's a video or a single or you know even an album identify those 10 people you know that that are in your you know, that are closest to you and let them know that it's, you know, that you're, you need their support and you're going to need it on such and such day. You know, I think the the mistake that I see a lot of people make is they wait until it's out, you know, they wait until it's released and then they go and, you know, ask all their friends to, to share and support it. And sometimes, yeah, it just doesn't have the same impact that, uh, that I think it could, if you do a little bit more preparation. Yeah, I thought this was really interesting because on one hand you go like, okay, well, you know, look, the music space is a big, scary place, right? And that's potentially what frightens people to get started, right? They're like, oh, this is so, it's just so massive. It's like, I don't even know where to begin. So if you break it down to a thousand true fans, it becomes a lot less intimidating. Now, this is even taking it a step further. Everyone knows 10 people right? 10 people is even far less intimidating. So when you look at this theory, you go like, okay. And look, I mean, if, it, if I look at this, I go like, well, probably not friends and family. I probably would, 
I, I probably would try and and go a little deeper into your network of, and maybe it's some people that you can find on social networks. Maybe it's a it's a it, it's a friend of a relative or a next door neighbor, someone who's not going to just tell you that it's great, like a like a friends and family, someone that will actually give you some real you know, some real constructive criticism, right? But I think this is a great idea. And on this topic, uh, Mike, I actually did something today, an experiment that I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I'll, you know, I'll, I'll clue you in next week. So on this theory, on one of the Instagram brands that I run, um, I felt like we needed to start reaching more people. And I really like this idea of sharing it. So I ran a contest today and I was like, I was like on the post and I was like, look, here's a contest. You're going to win a free t-shirt. The person, the, the person, you know, the people that are going to win are going to be picked at random. But the way that you enter the contest is in the comments, you tag five of your friends, right? So, you know what I mean? So, so think about that. Like, and the last time that I had checked it before we started recording today, there was 200 comments, you know, that's 200 people that have, that have tagged five of their friends. Now the theory goes is that, you know, our people that are immediate to us on Instagram are going to potentially bring in more followers to the brand because they're tagging in their friends, you know? So like I said, I don't know how that's going to work out or whatever, but I, I did that inspired by this first 10 idea. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm excited to see what the overall results are. And yeah, I mean, look, this is, uh, you know, what we do all the time and encourage our artists to do. And, you know, one of the powerful tools that we've been utilizing, you know, both in the music space as well as the podcast space is what's called a, a Facebook cross-posting relationship, you know, and it's sort of the same theory. It's like we create a little teaser because cross-posting you can only do for video. And then we find the, it's not always 10, find the relationships with people who are associated with it and get them to, you know, essentially post the same uploaded video. Um, and it's having great results. You know, it, it's really expanding our reach. But so, yeah, I think this is a great idea. And going back to the, uh, to the, you know, thing about just getting started. Sometimes I see that people are afraid to ask 10 people to share their songs or their album or their photo or their t-shirt. And, you know, one of the things that I think Seth would instill and you and I absolutely would agree upon is, you know, you got to figure out strategies to, to conquer your fears of people saying no. You know, if you don't ask, people aren't going to do something. And typically when you do ask, people do want to help you out. So that's that's my tidbit on that one. You know what? You know, you know how I have uh, it's interesting that you bring that up and uh, you know how I have a playlist, right? Like I have a, I have a Spotify playlist. That's right. And 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 I put, a, you know, I put bands on there and it's and it's kind of by year. Yeah, well, it's not kind of by year. It's by year. And so if you put a record out and it's something that I'm aware of, I'll add it to my playlist in that year. So the, the, to go on your theory of if you don't ask, you don't get right. Uh, yesterday, a band that uh, I follow, uh, they hit me up on Instagram and they're like, hey, man, can you add us to your playlist? Yes, I can. Yes, I and And because it was just because they just asked, you know, like and it was actually odd that they already weren't on my playlist. But, you know, Mike, dude, like there's, you know, there's 
so many bands. Like my last play, like my playlist for 2017 had almost 200 bands on it. That means it was like 200 bands released 200 records last year, you know? And, and that's just in my little sphere of, you know, stoner fucking doom rock. You know what I mean? That's a lot of fucking music. Totally. You know? and, and I mean, look, that playlist is impressive. And what's the URL that directs people? Oh, uh, volumeforever.com. Volume forever. But again, like I can relate to that fear of failure, right? And I'm a pretty confident guy. I'm a pretty charismatic guy. I feel like all the stuff that I do is pretty genuine and of quality, but I get it. Sometimes I am afraid to ask people for things because I fear that they'll say no. So there are strategies and that's not, you know, what we're going to cover here, but there are strategies to help you, you know, find the ways that when your brain is saying, Oh, I don't want to ask, you know, to, to overcome and actually ask, because just like you did, you know, I would say 80 plus percent of the time, somebody's going to want to help you out. Yep. So my fourth takeaway here is don't be afraid to ask for help. Uh, anyway, Seth wraps up this episode with a powerful thought. Don't focus on the masses because the masses are not focused on you. The goal is to go to the fringes, the edges, the people that want to listen and the people that care. I conclude that this isn't the biggest podcast in the world. And that's okay because that wasn't our goal. Our mission was to share the wealth of our combined experience in this biz of upwards of 50 some years with the select few, the ones that need this information and care about this information. The plan for your art and your music should be the same. Don't just listen to what we say, but watch what we do and how we do it. Remember that there is no education without application. Yeah, you know, again, freaking Seth, killing it. Well, look, my takeaway here is it's like what we're saying is it's like just get started, but don't be overwhelmed by everything that's out there. It's okay to start small. We started on episode one. We had none of you here whenever we did that, right? We, we You came along the way, right? It's not it, like... Your first song doesn't have to be a hit single. It's like, don't worry about it, you know? And my takeaway from this conclusion is that focus on your niche, not the entire world. Yeah, and and I think what I was going to say, and, you know, as it applies to artists and developing artists and artists that we've worked with, like, I find so many of them are, are never satisfied with what they have, right? And some of them have really come a, a really long way. You know, they've come from playing the localist of local shows, you know, to headlining places like the Warp Tour and other main festivals. And it's, it's you know, yes, I, I do appreciate wanting to, wanting bigger things, having bigger goals, but there also has to be a level of appreciation for what you've done and what you've achieved. So, you know, on that note with the podcast, yeah, you know, look, we ask people to rate us and review us. We ask you guys to, to share this with, you know, other people who you might, you know, who you think might be interested. Ultimately, I'm going to take this second to appreciate what we have built because it is something awesome. 
you know, and we've built it together with, with your lead on it. And so I just, yeah, I, I think that, that Seth is really on point here where, you know, if you and I were worried about, oh my God, are we going to become the biggest podcast in music? Are we going to become the biggest podcast, you know, here? Are we comparing ourselves to the other podcasts that are a little bit bigger? We'd be frustrated, but we're not doing that. We're, we're actually happy and excited about the hour or half an hour, whatever it is that we get to spend together doing this because we do know that we're providing value and we are appreciative of the fact that yes, all of you out there are listening to us and are supporting us. So, yes. And I'd like to just end this on the, uh, the note of the, to recap the takeaways from this is number one, just get started. Number two, avoid shortcuts. Number three, don't take fans for granted. Number four, don't worry about asking for help. And number five, focus on your niche, not the entire world. Perfect. And so that concludes episode 60. Thank you for tuning in. We will be back here next week. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blasco1313. We encourage you to email us any questions or comments you may have for the podcast to me directly at askblasco at gmail.com. If you have listened this far, much respect to you for making efforts to educate yourselves and taking your future into your own hands. Mike, what you got? You know, just want to tell everybody, remind everybody that uh, go support our sponsors, rockabilia.com, where you can get merchandise with the code PC Jabberjaw, 15% off of your entire order. And of course, Bandzoogle, where you use the code MENTAL for 15% off as well. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at MikeOloop. And if you're looking for a little bit of inspiration, more directly tied to the music business and not from within this podcast, head over to OuterLoopCoaching.com where I have my coaching platform. Other than that, that's all I got, my buddy. Thanks, everyone. All right. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Bowie, Dylan, Marley. You've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs, but what about the stories behind the records that made titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.